Welcome to Play on K, the Korean drama podcast with Emily and Raquel. And this is the show where we take a K-drama, we watch it four episodes at a time, and then we get together here every week to talk about it. Yeah, this week we started a new drama. We watched the first four episodes. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back on four episodes. Ladies, gentlemen, and non-binary folks, we are back on four episodes. And it's of Signal, the first four episodes of Signal, which is a classic. A classic that we have never seen. I think I've watched the first episode once, which is an insane thing to say because episode one had quite the cliffhanger. Why did I stop there? I, I don't know. But episode one out, out of all of the episodes had the most cliffhanger cliffhanger. Because it was like, they caught her, but is she going to be arrested? Is she going to get away with this? We don't know. Find out next time. And I'm like, oh... No, thank you. I will not. I would, I would prefer not to. Thank you. I. How about? <laughs> I guess I'll just stay up. I'll I'll stay up late. Right? No. No. Okay. No. I'm satisfied with the information I have. I will never watch this <laughs> show again. Thank you, Signal. But who was I? I now I'm the strength. It. Yeah. No, I'm fully committed. This show. Um, I think I didn't realize how much I missed shows like signal right with um like a classic k-drama a very classic concept of a k-drama right it's a crime show but with that magical k-drama twist of a time traveling time penetrating radio it's a little bit mystical it's a little bit intense it's dark and gritty but also very heartbreakingly sad, very human, and a little bit magical. We love the combination. It's such a good combination. It also has a freaking top-tier cast. I know we usually play Who's That Face in the bonus episode, but I don't even need Asian Wiki for once to play Who's That Face for the most part. Mm. Um, Who was it you recognized? So we've got Chaboy, yeah, pretty much. We've got Hey Young. Hey Young is the main, yep, the male lead, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And obviously, we have seen him on the podcast before. He was in Move to Heaven, but he's also been in A Time to Hunt and probably a lot of other really important stuff. Is it called A Time to Hunt? I think it's called Time to Hunt. Okay. I think my brain autocorrected to A Time to Kill, and I was like, mm. that sounds more correct, but like another movie. It's killing time. It's hunting time. Time yeah. for murder and other crime. It's TikTok, it's Hunt O'Clock. That's, that's <laughs> the correct title. And if you get that <laughs> reference, we can be best friends, because you've watched Taskmaster. <laughs> Hit me up. Hit me up, all those Taskmaster fans out there. Send that email. Um, I don't get the reference. Can we still be best friends? We can. It's not a prerequisite. It's just an easy way in the door. <laughs> if you want to become Emily's other best friend, email her about <laughs> Taskmaster. Okay, please. It's all I want. Um, I feel like a homeboy, Parquet Young... 
maybe gave a little bit too much in episode one. Can I say that as an acting coach, as a very professional <laughs> of freaking, I'm up here on my high horse. I am nothing. I should not be saying this kind of stuff, but he was a bit much for me, episode one. He's going to come for uh, us now. Time to yeah. hunt or kill. I'm just, I do not think he's a murderer. I actually feel like I need to say that right after the joke. I do not think he's a murder person. I don't, we're not going to say he wouldn't, but we won't say he would. Um, (laughs) So if he's not going to murder us, might as well just throw it out there. I felt like he was a, a bit over the top in a couple of the scenes from episode one. And I think they gave him a lot more layers And he really mellowed out in the next three episodes, and I liked him a lot more. Do you think his acting coach said, bruh, don't mess this one up, it's your big break? I don't know if it was his big break. It kind of feels like (laughs) it, though, because I think this was made in 2015, and I did not start seeing him personally until 2020. Fair. Same. And, you know, we are... The trendsetters, we decide who's famous based on how much we recognize them. Do we recognize it? That's why we play Who's That Face every time. It's actually how we set the tone for how famous everyone is. If we recognize them, if we know who that face is, they're very famous. They are so in the business. This boy's 2020 famous, at the very least. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, I'm sure he had uh, some smaller roles before Signal. I just am not aware of them. Maybe he had a big role. Maybe he had a big break. I'm taking it all back. He probably already had his big break. Either way. Mm. Um, no, I agree. There were a couple times where I wondered if that was who we were, you know, buckled in with for the rest huh? of the ride. And then he toned it down. Yeah. Yeah, not only was he like, so intense but he's also like borderline annoying but also almost everybody was that might be why i quit the show the first time because episode one i kind of felt annoyed with every single character he was like the kid in the college class who whenever the professor would say a thing he would well actually them and um the su hyun is that right? The female lead? Cha Su-hyun, yeah. She was the person in class who thought they were too good to be there. And... Mm-hmm. Like, everybody else is so much less mature than her. Yep. Like, oh um, my god, these children. Her partner, her cop partner, was the one who... He was the class clown. He didn't want to be there. He never studied... Uh-huh. Never helps out with group projects. Never brings enough like, snacks to share with the class. <laughs> Which is crazy, because he's always snacking. Mm-hmm. Oh. He's always snacking, and he's always chillaxing with his neck pillow. <laughs> and then we had Lee Jae-han, who is kind of kind of killing it episode one. I don't know if I was annoyed with him. I feel like I'm super fascinated with the whole like time loop. Obviously, we're going to get into this whole, like, time jumping, time madness. It's going to be fun. I love that we started with his death and him being like, 
you got to go back to the past. The walkie-talkie is going to take you back, and this is going to start all over. And you're like, wait a second. Does that mean you've known the whole time that the walkie-talkie is magic and that someday Park Young was going to forget you? And that you'd have to convince him that the walkie-talkie was magic? And then very soon after, he would have to convince you that the walkie No! This is so good. That is extremely good. I'm sure that at some point in the show, we get to see the point in time where he's fully sold on the fact that Park Young is from the future. Right now, he just, or I guess for most of it, he just thought he was a criminal who was committing crimes. <laughs> leaving Fair. bodies. Yeah. Um, go fist fight a woman with by the same name, you know, just to be sure. Oh, no. Oh, um, that was I'm uncomfortable. Not, I'm kind of the opposite in the sense that first episode, I loved Jehan. He was awesome. Mm-hmm. By the fourth episode, he was the kind of annoying hot-headed cop that I disapprove. The, the kind of cop that goes against the law because he knows what's best. That I fully... Um, I'm very suspicious of, right? He, like, drops a guy off a building. Uh-huh. So... Yeah. I'm same. I'm right there with you. Lee Jae-han had the opposite arc of every other character. Which is to say, by the end of episode four, he's crying alone in a theater, and he's got my whole heart back. <laughs> That's all it takes. That's all it takes. I don't care about the building guy. I'm not gonna feel bad for him for too long. I do love a man who cries. I love a man who shows his emotions. I've said it multiple times on the podcast... I'm not afraid to say it now. If a man cries, if it's for the right reasons, which his were, I am so sold on that. I am so gone on that person because I think it's so nice that, you know, you feel your emotions and you're not afraid to show them either. Maybe he's not showing them. Maybe he's sitting in a dark movie theater where no one can see his crying face, but still, he showed he his emotions the in public. Yeah. Yeah. He felt his feelings. He felt his feelings. He gave himself a chance. Like, he could have gone full vigilante and been like, the rest of my life, I think I'll just hunt down murderers. I think I'll do that instead of having one good cry. I'm just saying, this could solve so many problems in so many other shows. Just stop breaking from reality and start facing your feelings. Yeah, face your feelings, maybe do some research, find maybe a therapist that, like, is a good fit for you, you know? You can shop that around a little bit, like, Mm -hmm. test test some people out, date your, like, date your experience with therapists, right? See see who feels right, see who's gonna help you. And then, you know, feel your feelings, maybe have that therapist as a guide, don't become a vigilante. Don't continue finding people and dropping them off buildings. Become the man we saw the year 2000, you know? We're on that journey now, and I love to see it. Ooh, but... do you want to know something cool that I learned? I'm so sorry. Yeah, do you want to finish I that? do. No, I don't. Okay. Um. So the cool fact that I learned was actually, for real, for real, Korea got rid of the statute of limitation on murders in July 2015. Wow. That is cool. And they made a whole show around it? (laughs) That's what the show's about. That's what the show's about. I mean, in a way. 
That's what this show's about. That's all I got from this. That's <laughs> super cool. I mean, it's one of those things where living in a world where I guess I've just taken for granted that there's not a statute of limitations on murder. It's hard to uh, sympathize with lawmakers who originally made the policy and were like, I guess if you can be on the run for long enough, then you can get away with anything. That's, like, that's uh, dumb. The lawmakers who did who said that were definitely murderers. I'm actually guessing it probably had something to do with, like, maybe the Civil War or something. Or, oh. probably... Korean law had... was based on the Civil War. The one Sorry, in the 50s. no. Uh, the, if there was ever a statute of limitation in America, sorry, I just chose like American politics, even though that had nothing to do with our conversation. Um, but like, if that were to be a thing, but any kind of like civil war or unrest where maybe a politician wanted to kind of give people a pass for maybe promoting their agenda or I don't know. I don't know. I haven't done the research. I'm just saying I can see many situations in which it would happen. Mm. Unfortunately. Unfortunately. But nowadays, no, no, no. No, no more murders. So yeah, I think I'm glad that they, you know, repealed the statute of limitations they're like we're done with that no limit murder's bad forever but also there never should have been a statute of limitations so i'm not cheering too loudly like good job you've yeah. done the, the bare minimum yeah what if like a soft pat on the back or something like a soft what if just a thumbs up you know just like a a, a somewhat sarcastic thumbs up toward you for uh, getting rid of the thing that shouldn't have existed. Good job. Like, what is the reason for statutes of limitations? People to why? get away with terrible things. Yeah, like, why would that ever be a thing? Why would there ever be a need to be like, you know what? After two years, we're just not gonna deal with that anymore. Like, it's still a crime after two years. I understand devoting less resources to, like, cold cases and being like, our police forces just can't handle um, trying to solve all of these really old cases. But that feels different than being like, so you're exonerated. You're free. You, no crime happened. Because I, that's weird to me. Please, yeah. if we can have a lawyer on our podcast, we're working up to that someday. Someday we will have a lawyer on our podcast and they will explain and we will add this to the bucket of questions. Why do statutes of limitations exist? Ideally, Just we could find someone who understood both Korean and U.S. law because I feel like we make a lot of comparisons. But what's most important here is finding someone who knows literally anything about Korean law because we don't. And we find ourselves talking about it so often. Please, if you know a Korean who understands Korean law and wants to be on a podcast, please reach out to us. I would love to have a conversation with that person. I will put it out there. They don't have to be Korean. But if they understand Korean law, we'd appreciate it. 
Yeah. I I mean, really anyone. Anyone who's studied Korean law. Or yeah. any... It doesn't have to be official study either. But the more official, maybe the better? I don't know. No, I don't believe in official. Make nothing official. If you read everything you know about Korean law on Wikipedia, come to me. You will still know much more than we do. And we already have a podcast, so <laughs> why not? Why not let you on it? Eek. Okay. Should we talk about the show? Yeah. Have we done that? Have we done that already? We'll just skip that. Yeah, well, we've scratched the surface of this show. Do you have notes? Do you want to go in order? Yeah, I do have notes. We can go somewhat in order. First, we've got the little girl's kidnapping. That was episode one and part of episode two. Yikes. Wasn't prepared for that as a young mom. Yeah, that was the world's sweetest little girl. Sweetest little elementary school child. Yeah. And I guess if I if I have one tiny thing to nitpick with this show, it's that they're trying to go for um like a what's he called? The profiler. They're like, we have a profiler, we read the minds of criminals, we get into their heads, we wanna know what they're about so that we can track them down and find them. And like, I freaking love that. Give me the mentalist, give me psych, give me everything i love to see like freaking criminal minds yes make that show go on forever they have and they will continue to do so because i I love to see it so with that said don't give me this criminal this woman being like she kidnapped a kid because she wanted money because she's a narcissist and then they got the money and her boyfriend was like, hey, we shouldn't do this. So she murdered him and she murdered the little girl. And like, that's fine. Like, I don't know. I feel like there's, there should have been more of a story between like this erratic narcissist becoming a murderer. I think it's a a bit of a gap there to be like, I don't know if you're one kind of if you have some kind of psychosis, then you can murder. That's fine. Like, right. you know, she's a narcissist. A- she's not a murderer of children. Yeah. It's a very tired um, thing to to put set those to equal, right? There's a word for that. To e- equate? That's not right. Um, is it? To set those to equal. Um, the, you know, mental illness is murder or like or or like it leads to murder right which i think we kind of see an unfortunately fair amount in korean dramas um wherein it feels like a lot of the k-dramas we've watched the i mean obviously people who do murder have mental health issues but it's rough when it's like and they then they just uh had narcissism or depression or in some very problematic moments in certain k-dramas that we have watched on this show it's like yes this person was neurodivergent and had i believe it was autism is autistic i'm not sure but uh 
But it was essentially like this person who was neurodivergent got, you know, like did some murder and I won't say too much about which K-drama it is. And if I got too into the details, it would give away which K-drama it was. And I don't want to do spoilers, but we've seen it. We've seen it all wherein the person with the mental health issues is also the, the murderer which is capable of any crime yes which is to say again like clearly murderers have mental health issues if they're capable of taking the lives of other people um you know out of whatever motivation like desire or or whatever but i guess there's usually more of a story behind that right because if yeah. you've listened to enough true crime podcasts, you know that, yeah, they did, they were narcissists or whatever, but um, they also, you know, were horribly enabled by their parents or they were um, horribly abused by their parents or, you know, sexual abuse really messes with the brain. So, you know, whenever stuff like that comes up. Like, circumstance. Like, I was waiting for it to be like, Okay, so her boyfriend, like, turned on her. He was like, this is not the way we're going to get money. This is no good. So she took him to the hospital, kind of being like, maybe I'll murder him. Like, she she worked her way up to that one and was kind of like, okay, he was going to give me away, so I got to get rid of him. I feel like that one I was there for. I understood the motivation. I kind of saw it. But then show her, like, returning to her apartment and the little girl's, like, trying to escape and she's almost gone and, like, maybe that's too dark. Maybe they're like, we don't want to get into that. That's messed up. But I feel like there should be, like, a... She's going to get caught. She was pushed into a corner by these two people and that's why she murdered both of them. But it seemed like they were like, I don't know, she's just... She kidnapped a little girl and then murdered her after she got the money. Like, was that her plan the whole time? They never explain it. They're just like, yeah, narcissists are murderers. That is a fact that we all know. So, the little girl died. And it's like, no. Give me a reason. Show me that the cops were, like, circling her house. And she's like, there's no way out of this. I have to get rid of this little girl. Like... Like I said, maybe it's too dark, yeah. but... But honestly, all they needed was an extra 30 seconds to just show us exactly how we went from kidnap and ransom to murder, which is to say, yeah, if it was if that 30 seconds was just her being like, yeah, it was my plan the whole time, uh, you thought I was going to let this kid see my face and then let her get away with it or, or let her go mm-hmm. home... Absolutely not. But that's if that was the plan the whole time, I just want to hear it because you've got you've gotten us halfway there with behavioral profiling and then full stop. Full stop. And they did it again with the case in the last episode where they're like, this boy grew up without a mom and hence is why he has murdered five women. <laughs> it's like, what? Wait, what? No. Well, he's, he's lonely, so he, he killed a lot. In a very violent way. But we profiled him, so we know that he's early 20s. And that's all you get. That's all we've profiled, is his yeah, age. Not, 
Not that his mom left in her early 20s and, like, or his, I don't know. Not, not a million different explanations for why all of a sudden murder felt right and good. Um, no. None of that. No. Uh, and then, yeah, devote... the dad. Yeah, we're gonna devote all of our show to this stupid dad who's like, I don't know, anything's fine with me. Anything goes if you feel sort of bad for your son. Like... I don't want to watch that anymore. I'm done with that. That's annoying to me. Right. Devote way more time to the profiling. Why does this dude kill? Yeah. And again, like, all you had to do was 30 seconds of his mom left him and then his dad enabled whatever behavior because he felt bad for him. And that was implied. I guess it's that high context, low context uh, comparison, right? Is like maybe maybe it's all there when you're better at high context, low. Um, I don't know what is it like. Maybe it's all there if you don't need situations explained to you. But I guess the type of profiling I'm used to watching in shows and stuff is that in these highly fictionalized shows. Typically, or maybe not fully, but somewhat fictionalized shows. And this one has a lot of fictionalization with the time travel radio. Um, (laughs) Is that, I guess, like extra step of saying, you know, we can read everything about a person and then saying all of these things about that person. Um, Whereas this one sort of shows it, but it feels very, um, I don't know, halfway delivered in that sense of totally makes sense that this kid's dad enabled his really poor behavior after his mom left and it really messed up his brain. But all we focused on was that his mom left and then he murdered instead of being like, and then look at all of the other behavior his father, I don't know, enabled before this happened. Yeah, I think it would have, like you said, taken just a little bit more time to show some maybe some flashback scenes with this young father struggling to uh, raise his son on his own and be supportive even as his son started to do weirder and weirder stuff and be more and more secretive and maybe dangerous and it kind of spiraling out of control. But instead they're like, just one day this single father found out his son had murdered someone and he was like you know what my choice is to support him i support my son (laughs) how did how did we get here profile me that what is happening yeah just yeah there's a lot that we don't see and it's tough with crime shows when there's a lot that you don't see and when they're more focused on the fact that there's a time travel radio because I kind of want the full story of the crime Mm. and the time travel radio. Por que no los dos? (laughs) Give us everything. Which is to say, (laughs) that feels like nitpicking. It's an amazing show. I just have different expectations of what crime shows are supposed to look like based on the ones that I specifically like. So... (laughs) Probably that's my own baggage that I'm carrying around. They're doing a great job. They are. 
I am excited to find out more details on the relationship between Suhyun and Jehan. That's... I'm curious about that, about how we got to her being very, very enchanted by him and clearly devastated at the loss of him, and mm. what exactly the details of that relationship are. Mm, that's fair. They've got a couple moments that I'd, I think could use some explanation, but yeah, as far as I was concerned, it seemed like a pretty typical, like, young officer looks up to the the older officer who has kind of taken her under his wing and been maybe one of the only people who treats her like a person. I didn't look into it any more than that, and hopefully they give us more, but that was my impression, is it was pretty basic, like, she's a woman in a man's career, and only one person treats her like a regular colleague. Yeah, I feel like there's something else to it. A little, because her, I guess, um, I don't want to call it obsession, because that isn't the right word, but it is akin to that. It's, she's mm. very enamored by him. And I'm not saying it's romantic, but I'm also not saying it's not. Um, I, I got the impression it was. And there was a lot of, like, there was the awkward moment of the, like, photo thing um, that they... Oh my god, I loved that so much. Like, there was clearly some some kind of tension between them that wouldn't come up in just, like, a mentor-mentee relationship, right? If that's all it was. Mm, And then they, like, after they work through the awkwardness of everything, they're like, ah, we're good. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't tell if it was, like, supposed to be just them feeling really awkward of doing this thing in front of people. But yeah, I guess at one point he's like, or she apologizes and says, you got roped into this because of me. But again, I chalked that up to just him being the only one who talks to her and treats her like a normal person. So they're like, you two, we'll ship you two off together on everything. (laughs) And she's like, I'm sorry. Uh, and he's like, well, I'm not going to stop treating you like a person just because everybody else insists that I do. But it could have been more. You could be right. There could be something else there. I chalked it up to just, yeah, them being paired off together because he's the only one who's nice to her. Yeah, and I'm fully open to unrequited love, which is to say, if that's the case, she's doing a great job of portraying someone who is clearly in love with a person who does not return the feelings because they mm-hmm. yeah they're good with that level of tension with that <laughs> right there that's there but i see it i don't know if that's enough for me as far as her being super super devastated over his death which is not to say i don't want to downplay anyone's feelings if you've ever been in love with someone, and it was not returned, dear listener, I don't want to downplay your feelings, right? Those were real. And, like, I I don't want you to feel like I'm undercutting that. I'm just curious to see what the K-drama is going to do with that as far as how their relationship continued to build, because it feels like if that's the case and everyone knows it, 
the relationship doesn't really continue to build um really but i don't know i don't know maybe it has something to do with the magic radio maybe he maybe some of the tension is coming from the fact that he knows her now and in the future and like maybe he doesn't return her feelings because he knows that later down the line she falls in love with hey young who's to say yeah or at the very least he knows that he's gonna die yeah. and maybe he does the like I don't want you to be in love with me because I'm not going to be there forever. Like, we've seen that trope before. I think that's a pretty natural human reaction. Let's find out. Because I'm, yeah, I'm waiting for the moment when she becomes involved with this whole walkie-talkie thing. I feel like it's going to happen eventually. I don't think she'll be left out of the loop for much longer. No, because they've got to put together the, the three dragons, the trio. <laughs> have you ever seen the poster for this show it's the three of them she's gotta get in there we're but... ready to see more we're ready for her to have a bigger role she's amazing she's doing great sweetie let me see her do some stuff with some magical radios <laughs> let's put her at more of the forefront okay we want more from this girl she deserves it Something that I think that they are doing a pretty decent job with that is really, really tricky to do, I think, is adjusting time um, mm -hmm. in a drama, right? And Or in a show, in a piece of media. When you play around with time, there's so much that could go wrong as far as opening up loopholes or you know causing paradoxes that kind of eject watchers viewers from um being i guess as fully there with it because it's like how is that possible that you, like you've just created a paradox and now i can't take this scene or whatever how, however you're handling time seriously um and so far, they've done pretty good with it. I don't know. It's one of those things where I haven't let myself sink too far into the brain buster of it all. <laughs> I haven't let myself, I guess, fully think about it, right? And so maybe there are paradoxes and loopholes and time issues. But currently, I feel like they're doing a pretty cool job with something that's really tough to do. Yeah, yeah I agree. I really like what they've done so far I kind of thought after we saw Lee Jae-han die in 2000 and say like the the loop is about to start again you're gonna have to convince 1989 me that these walkie-talkies are magic I thought that it, they would go for more of a you can't change the past kind of vibe like everything you do is still going to lead to things happening in the same way. kind of, And I feel like they kind of did that with the taser, where it was like, yeah, you told Lee Jae-han who the next victim would be, so he gave her a taser to arm herself with that eventually led to you guys catching the criminal. So, like, all in all, a very good move, but Won Gyeong still died. So, nothing really changed. But like then they had the attempted murder. They were like, no, one of the one of the murder victims lived. What? Yeah. 
That's really tough because, yeah, it's one of those things, right, where they've proven now that time can be changed, but they haven't been able to, I guess, they've proven time can be changed, and that's where it's going to be the trickiest going forward because some things will change, but what changes, what has to happen, does anything have to happen, um... Right? Because if if it had stayed where t- the past couldn't be changed, even though Jehan said the past can still be changed, if they had made it that it couldn't, that would be so much easier, right? Because it's kind of saying, this happened all along. This is how... It, it's the loop. Nothing changes with mm-hmm. it. This always happened, and this is how all of these things played out in this weird time loop that happened i don't know on the in the tricky time stuff in the tricky time stuff that no matter what you do it changes things that like were meant to be changed and have always been changed in the loop you do the same thing every time i tell you this information and that changes the past in a way that it's always been changed and thus the same thing happens like I thought that's what they were going to do until he saved the, what was it, the eighth victim? That's, I don't know. I don't know what to do with that. Are they going to eventually save Lee Jae-han? Is that going to be a thing? Lee Jae-han lives. Maybe Hae-young dies. I don't know. Maybe Hae-young's brother lives. That would be a nice one. And Young's having a hard time with his his brother having died. Yeah. I mean, it's the also, though... nightmare scenario. Yeah, right? Oh, my God. That's it. That's why it's scary. Um, but here's the thing, right? Here's where it could create a paradox if Hey Young's brother lives. Because mm-hmm. the reason that he struggled with sticking through at the police station and making sure that he told someone that the murderer was female and that he saw them at the school, they saw them taking the little girl, then that changes that whole timeline, right? Because he he -hmm. didn't trust cops. He didn't trust cops to solve murders. He didn't trust cops to do the right thing. And then he later said, I guess I tried to trust the cops because they're cops. But, like, I shouldn't have, and so that's why I'm here doing this thing. And so none of it happens if his brother lives. Bum, bum, bum. Paradox! Paradox! Don't mess with time, it messes with my brain. <laughs> I'm not smart enough to go down these rabbit holes because I'm a big believer in chaos theory and that every single choice sparks off a new timeline where a different life is happening. So there's just infinite possibilities of how this show is going to go. <laughs> and that's my there's brain. so many things. My brain. I can't I it, it actually is very difficult to wrap my brain around um time stuff. I'm always very mm-hmm. interested in it, but at the same time, um I can't always think about it very hard, right? Like like I said, I haven't taken too much time. This is the longest amount of time I've thought about how that all works. 
mm-hmm. in this drama because when I was watching the drama, I just couldn't let myself do it or I would get way too caught up in it. Mm-hmm. I just convinced myself it was a closed loop and stopped thinking about it because that's so much easier than trying to work out what's going to happen. But as much as I don't understand time, I like to imagine I understand crime. And I liked that aspect of this show, that you could guess from an episode and a half away that it was the bus driver's son. And like, (laughs) it's those little wins that make me feel like the smartest kid in the room. Right. I like breadcrumb crime shows that actually show you... I mean, when the bus driver says no one got on at that time and the Uh woman is like, what are you talking about? The look she gives him. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. And then it all plays out before your eyes. Love it. And And there's still, like, enough mystery that you're not, like, bored. You're still intrigued, but you know it's his son. You're like, it has to be someone who he's willing to protect. And the age just isn't right for it to be himself. So it's got to be his son. Boom, I'm a detective. Give me a promotion. But then you're like, what's up with this woman? Why didn't she say anything? And that plays out. Yeah, where is the son? Who's going Mm -hmm. to, like, who's he going to kill before he's caught? Because he clearly wasn't caught. Yeah. In this timeline. So people are still in danger. That's where it's cool. That even if you reveal who the killer is early, there's still so much... Yeah, like you said, there's a lot up in the air that could still happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, ugh, that was really good. I think, again, my only like tiny nitpicky, like, what the hell, was when he woke up. I don't think he was in a coma. My brain told me he was in a coma. It seemed like maybe <laughs> he was just sleeping. But he's like, yes, I have the strength to take down a full-grown police officer. Like, no, do not give me that she is a woman. So, like, she can be taken... She's a police officer trained in freaking martial arts. No. No way this dude could get her. He's been paralyzed in a bed for a very long time. Even not in a coma. He... Has He clearly doesn't have a bunch going on, like, you know, he's not out maybe getting swole. Yeah. So, Is there a sick little gym at this, like, hospital? Because I'm pretty sure even with average arm strength, you would not be able to take down that woman. She's also very tall. She's not like a petite little, like, tiny, tiny police officer. <laughs> Are we being ableist? I don't think so. I think that he was, a, like, it's not that he was paralyzed. It's that he was paralyzed in bed, right? So yeah. it's he just wasn't doing anything. Yeah. Like you said, he wasn't out in the real world. Ugh. I was thinking, uh, do you know the actress? I think her name's Kang Nada. And she is a tiny, tiny person that plays a police officer in a lot of shows. And I'm like, maybe you could take her down. she's like five feet tall she's so little she's so tiny but like yeah i think again it's like maybe they could have shown us more and convinced me maybe they could have been like no 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 he's been 
still keeping up with his training. He's actually trying to work his way up to killing again, but <laughs> um, he just hasn't gotten there yet. But no, they're like, no, he's still in the hospital needing 24-7 care. I'm like, okay, well then, I don't think he could take down a police officer. Thank you. <laughs> end of my TED Talk. <laughs> I, I got I, really caught up thinking about a different crime K-drama that we watched about, some. I think something similar happened and we were all so super angry that someone went from a complete invalid, like, laying in bed, to back on a, like, back on that murder grind out of nowhere, and we were like, what? Yeah, that happened in one of my favorite shows, and I won't spoil which one it is, but it, I think it's also frustrating in this show, because homeboy Park Hae-young is, like, a little bit sexist. Like, every so often, he just does yeah. the littlest things that you're like, um, do not touch her neck. That is sexual harassment at work. I was so mad. I was ready to break his hand. Especially <laughs> since we were just coming off of a stupid freaking uh, case about a bunch of women getting murdered and uh -huh. how women are targets for creeps. And then he walks up to his work colleague... And touches her neck and tells her that women's necks shouldn't have... Are you kidding me? I am sick. I am sickly. I am nauseated by your character right now. And he's done, like, the tiniest things. Like, they're not huge, but he does that kind of thing a lot. And I'm like, I know maybe this is, like, a deep cut, a representation of how hard it is for female cops. And they're like, yeah... You see how frustrating this is for you? And you're not even her. She deals with this from everyone <laughs> all the time. But I think my brain is just like, well, aren't we supposed to root for Parquet Young for some reason? But he has to be mildly annoying, very pretentious, and a little bit sexist? Like, his Give good characteristics more. really have to pull some weight here. Yeah, yeah, he is not giving me enough of um of what i need to you know really back the main character mm -hmm. so i'm waiting for it like obviously just put cha su hyun in the lead make her numero uno give her more of the lead role obviously this is a triangle there are three main characters just put her <laughs> at the front just a little bit forward Give it all to put her in all of the, uh, in all of the posters and the gifts. Put her in the center, slightly forward. She's you the biggest your of triangle. the three dragons. Yeah. The biggest, the strongest <laughs> dragon. Okay, that's all we ask. Thank you. That's all my notes. <laughs> um, I don't think I have anything else to talk about. So I guess it's time for housekeeping. If you have any opinions on this show, if you loved it, if you've got little nitpicky things that you want to talk about with someone who completely <laughs> understands anything at all, please email us at plankpodcast at gmail.com. And even if we don't get back to you right, right quick, I promise we have read your email. We appreciate it so much. It makes our whole lives better. And we are working on getting back to you. 
Yep, we are just dying in our, a pit of our own responsibilities that we have chosen, but there's still a lot of them. Um, but uh, yeah, we, we also have social media. I'm not super active on there. It's it's getting harder for aforementioned reasons. But that said, uh, we love a quick hey there and. Uh, we're at Play on K podcast on Instagram and at Play on K on Twitter. We have a website where you can find all of our past episodes and leave comments directly on those episodes. You can find a link to our Patreon, sign up for our newsletter there, and you can find links to our affiliates, which are Blueberry Podcast Hosting if you want to start your own podcast, NordVPN if you want to protect your internet browsing and maybe pretend to be in another country to access even more K-dramas, and Skillshare <laughs> if you want to learn some new skills. That's all at playonk.com. Yeah, and then uh, there is an, a link to our Patreon there, and a direct way to get to our Patreon is patreon.com slash playonk. Go ahead, check out our tiers, see if any of them speak to you. Uh, we love our supporters, our patrons, and they are the, the they help us keep the lights on it's it's big for us and we love you all yeah we love you so much thank you so much and finally another way to support us in a huge way by doing something small is to leave us a rating or review wherever you listen that helps our podcast get uh get more promotion on different podcast hosting sites so that other k-drama listeners can find us Thank you, as always, for listening. Yeah, join us next week for the next four episodes of Signal. Okay, bye. Okay, bye.